Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to those women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is Laura Click. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thanks, Susan. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the mutual friend who introduced us. It would be your CoronaCast co-host, Katie Bernard. Love, Katie. I can't believe this is a senior moment, so I'm just going to pull that. <laughs> you know, um, I, I joke that coronavirus has given everyone amnesia. So if you didn't have amnesia before, I have coronavirus amnesia. So there you go. Blame it on that. So I, I know and love Katie. I certainly did not forget Katie, but I forgot who introduced us. And let me tell you, Katie's one of the most remarkable women I've ever met. And my husband has a huge crush from afar because when he listens to our podcasts, he's like, gosh, her voice is so calming and soothing. She's yes. like Delilah. <laughs> yes. Yes. She really, she really is. She is super talented and smart and I've yet to meet her in person, but we are virtual, virtual friends, probably uh, getting close to two years now. So I'm, wow. I'm so glad to know her. Well, let me ask you um, before we get going on you, where are you located? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, how fun. What a fun place to be. I have lots <laughs> of friends out there um, in the, in the surrounding areas. Brentwood, is that a place? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. That's not terribly far. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have lots of friends in that area. I can't pinpoint the small towns where they live, but in Nashville and around, what a fun area to live. So happy to have you here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Laura? Sure. I am an entrepreneur. Um, I own a company called Blue Kite. I do brand strategy in particular, and I'm also a pop podcast host. So I have a podcast called Make It Brave and I share inspiring stories to help people live life a little bit braver. So those are my two big gigs or projects, but I have been in business for myself full time for more than eight years now. And I, I'm not a Nashville native. I've lived here for many years now, but I am originally from central Missouri. So I moved to Nashville after college and for a job met my now husband here. And so Nashville is now where I call home, but I'm, I'm originally a, a, a Midwestern farm girl. Awesome. Awesome. So I can tell that you're not from Nashville because you don't have a Southern <laughs> accent, but I, I, I yeah. I, though my family will say I've, I've started to pick it up and I, it's, it's, one of those things that I think when you live here, you start to slip into it when you talk to people with accents. Sure. So don't you worry. I mean, I could, I could slip into it really easily, but yeah, I, I'm <laughs> glad you said that because I pride myself on not having one though. My family will have, have said many times that they think I'm, I'm starting to sound more Southern. So I'm, well, I'm trying my best to keep my Midwestern roots. <laughs> you have a beautiful accent, but I'll tell you this, I'm from the South and no matter where I've lived, including Europe and Boston and Hawaii and now California, I can't shake it. I cannot shake it. So it is what it is. Um, you know, I wish I had, like I said earlier, a little bit of Katie's, you know, her, her delivery, like I'm yeah. Minnie Mouse in my delivery and then I'm Southern Minnie Mouse to boot. <laughs> Where, where are you originally from? New Orleans, Louisiana. 
Okay. I don't yeah. think you have a terribly thick accent, especially compared to many people that I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you. I would not have guessed her from the South. So you oh, had me fooled. That's great. Well, great. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. I lived in Boston for 12 years and I kind of picked up their harsh accent in combination with my Southern accent. And it was just a mess. A mish yeah. Well, now yeah. you're, now you're maybe squarely in the middle. So maybe, maybe that's why, nice. why I don't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear more about you. Like, so what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Now, I know what you do, but let's tell the audience, what does that mean when you focus on branding? Is it blue kite marketing? Is that where your company? Yeah, yeah, blue, yeah, blue kite marketing, though, as of late, right. I've started to dro drop the, the marketing a little bit as I switch to focus more on brand strategy. So, I mean, I still do marketing work and implementation, but really my sweet spot and the work that I love most is, is helping people uh, and businesses build brave brands. Um, and so really branding is one of those, as you know, one of the most confused terms in the marketing yes. and communication space, because everyone thinks it's just a logo. And from my perspective, it's way more than that. Really your, your brand is the essence of who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, what you value. And so it's really trying to dig deep into understanding why you started your business in the first place, assuming we're talking to the founder, right. um, you know, what, what you're about, who you're for, what change you're trying to create in the world. Like those are the, the questions that we help businesses answer. And when you do that deep strategic work, then yes, the visual part of that is your, your logo and, and your marketing materials. But then that flows out into everything you do. So from your website to your customer service, to how you treat employees, right? And so if you have right. a really strong brand strategy, it just is really clear in, in how you operate from a business standpoint. So th that's really what we help businesses do is really kind of develop this inside out approach to how they show up in the world. I love that you said the essence of who you are. That's exactly how I see brand. It's not just a logo and a tagline or, uh, you know, uh, a tchotchke, right? So right, yeah. I love that you said that the essence of who you are, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what along your journey might have been your proudest professional accomplishment, Laura? You know, that's a really difficult question to answer. And I think answering it honestly, I would say, I don't know that I've, I've, I've done that yet. I'm still working toward what that might look like. Right. And so That's awesome. I, I don't know. And I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that says about me that I'm, I'm not trying to minimize things that I've done, but I also see that I'm working toward bigger things. And so, you know, I don't know for me, I guess, professional accomplishments in a lot of ways, I think we tend to think of them as what does the world applaud? What does the right. world think is great? Like, do you have any awards on your walls? And I don't. Um, but for me, I think the biggest accomplishment personally in a business uh, framework is, was leaving my job to start my business. I, I started Blue Kite as a side hustle 10 years ago, and I was working a day job at the time. Um, I was the spokesperson for the Tennessee Supreme Court and the whole Tennessee court system. And I was building Blue Kite on the side because I just, I realized this was in the early days of social media. I was doing a lot of social media work and I was speaking about social media and really had kind of become um, an expert that people were see seeking for help. And I realized more and more that I didn't 
want to work. I didn't love working for other people that I really wanted to have the freedom to work for myself. And so I started working on the side and eventually just realized I can't keep doing both. It was killing me. And so making the decision to leave a stable government job with benefits to go out on my own uh, full time was probably the proudest and bravest moment in my career so far. Um, now, is that my biggest accomplishment? I don't know. I think there's still so many things that I'm working toward and I have dreams to do. So that's where I think the answer is, I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, it's a journey still, right? But uh, looking back, that's probably the proudest moment in my career. It's my favorite answer. That was awesome. <laughs> I have to say, it means that you are not done yet. There's a lot more from Laura Click, right, on the way. So That's my hope. <laughs> talk about, because your podcast is amazing, and I love the way you frame the narrative around what it represents. Tell us more about your podcast. Yeah, so it, I mentioned earlier, it's called Make It Brave, and I really... It's interesting because it's not the podcast I meant to start. Um, probably about this time last year, I've had this idea to start a podcast for a while. I had a marketing podcast with a good friend and colleague five years ago, and we quit doing that. Um, and you know, the the idea to kind of crept back into my uh, subconscious for a while, kind of nagging at me. And it finally, you know, last year I was like, I need to. I really want to revisit podcasting. I really enjoy this medium. And originally I was going to make it be about branding. And as I was trying to come up with a name, I could not come up with a name that I loved that wasn't already taken. And I kind of was noodling around with this idea of brave branding, because I think some of the best businesses in the world are really brave when it comes to their brand strategy and how they brand themselves. And so I liked that concept of bravery and business and branding. But then I started to think bigger. I'm like, well, what if I don't just want to talk about branding? I love branding, but I don't want to talk about it all day, every day. Like that conversation starts to get old to me. And I started to pursue this idea of bravery in general. And it kind of came with this question of like, wouldn't the world be a better place? How much better would it be if we all learned to be a little bit braver? And the biggest reason I started this podcast is because I wanted to be braver. I still want to be braver because there's a lot of big things I want to do and I'm never going to do them if I can't summon the courage myself. And so a lot of ways, selfishly, Make It Brave is my way to glean insights from really smart, brave, courageous people who have done all sorts of amazing things and see what I could learn from them so I could be braver. And my hope is I can bring listeners along on that journey as well. I think that's wonderful. Wonderful. So I do a lot of that work. I believe that we should own our stories, step into who we are. Um, there is no shame, right? So good or bad, we learn lessons, correct? So I always say that. Win or learn, never lose. That's right. That's right. I think it's sometimes really easy to kind of stay put because it's comfortable. And, and for me, I'm, I will say I'm a recovering perfectionist and um, I've learned a lot. Brene Brown is like my spirit animal. So I've learned a lot from her in terms of kind of untangling that idea. But um, someone just said this on the podcast this past week about perfectionism and how it just really, really hurts, hurts us. And, and we need, we won't learn if we're not willing to screw up. Right. Like right. we have to be willing to do new things and be okay with getting it wrong. Uh, because sometimes that's the best way we learn as opposed to just sitting in our nice little comfortable box. So I think that's a lot of what courage and bravery looks like is just being more comfortable with screwing up. Yeah. And I think that, you know, being a perfectionist, 
can be paralyzing, right? So good and done beats perfect and pending, right? Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna have to steal that. I'm like taking notes yeah. right now. <laughs> you That's can great. Tag anything, anything that you get from my website or from <laughs> me is yours. I want. I, to change the world and we can do so in so many different languages. So take what you need and put it in the language that fits you best. Yeah. I love that. No, that's great. I think I've always said, um, uh, yeah, done in so many words, like done is better than perfect or good is good enough, you know? So like, I think, I think those are good reminders for all of us. Well, let me ask you, you are very inspirational. Who has inspired you or maybe did you have a mentor? You know, I don't, I've never had a formal mentor and I don't know if many women have, I think it's something that I've always longed for and not sure that I've ever had that mentor relationship. I will say that I do have wonderful peers and colleagues in my life who I guess maybe they could be mentors. It's not formal relationships, but in the last year or so I've developed a real um, cadre of, of women who I, I can call on for different things. Katie is one of those women, in fact. Um, and there's a woman in my office here, uh, another brilliant marketer, Aja Price. She is great. Uh, Reese Spikerman is another one. So I've kind of got this league of extraordinary women heroes that, you know, for different things I can lean on for advice. Uh, Danielle Ali is another one. She and I have worked together on a lot of projects. So I, I don't have one mentor. I think I have um, several great colleagues and friends that I, I lean on um, for support. And, and hopefully every, every woman has that. Hopefully you have different people uh, you, you can call on. Um, as far as someone to look up to, I mean, I mentioned Brene Brown uh, a minute ago. She is someone I definitely look up to. Um, I have learned, you know, I, I, some people have known and loved her for many years. I think I discovered her a few years ago. And the gifts of imperfection, that book really gutted me and changed me and real helped me see the power and importance of vulnerability and that vulnerability is indeed brave. And so I, I've learned a lot in watching her. So she's not my mentor by any stretch, but she's definitely someone um, I look up to. That's awesome. And look, you'll have to share her with me because I feel the same way. Um, I love that you mentioned your posse. So not everyone does have a mentor. I had my father who believed in me, but no real former mentor either. So we do form these connections if we're lucky enough to have these kinds of women in our lives where we have a special bond with women in our tribe or in our posse. So good for you. And I'm sure they'll be thrilled that you um, openly mentioned that. You, you definitely show gratitude for having them in your life. Let me ask you something. Speaking about other women in business, how do you think we should support other women in business? It's a great question. And I don't know that there's real easy answers there. I mean, I've listened to some of your other episodes and I know this is a theme that you talk about quite a bit. And I, I think sadly, um, women are too quick to kind of tear each other down or, or turn things into a competition. Yes. Um, and I think it's really more about how can we lift each other up? And, and I've heard you talk about this before. It's about making space and, and having an abundant mindset and, and remembering that there's room at the table for everyone. Um, you know, I, I kind of ascribe to the mindset of a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah. So why don't, you know, if I'm, I'm got things going my way, who else can I help? Who else can I bring along with me? Who else can I, um, 
you know, bring, uh, pull up a chair to the table for. And, and so I think that's, I think that's a big thing. Um, and, and maybe it's just kind of back to that posse mentality you mentioned, you know, how can we just have informal collaborations and connections with other smart women and just encourage and support each other. I mean, we all need cheerleaders. We all need sidekicks. We all need a support system of people we can count on for different things. And so I think, I think that's probably one of the best ways is just having strong relationships with, with other uh, smart, motivated women. And I think together we can do a lot of great things if, if we're willing to kind of invest in those relationships and encourage each other along. I love that. So you have just spoken my language. The use of the word encourage is very rare. I mean, people often, um, so you're totally speaking my language. You're in my posse right now. You're already there. There you go. Um, but to use the word encourage other women, I think that we don't do that enough. Oftentimes we start to mimic men and think that, you know, that competitive nature and that alpha male nature, and we need to be that way with others. And I, I just, it's destructive and it, you hurt one woman, you hurt all women, right? So I believe if you help one woman, woman, you help all women. So thank you for all of that. That was beautiful. You were very articulate in that. Um, totally. That's my groove right there. You just hit it with the encourage and support and lift up and, you know, live in abundance, not fear. Don't live in scarcity, you know, act out of love. So let me ask you, it's not always easy. Everything's not always in our control as perfectionists learn. What has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? That's such a big question. <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> you know, I don't think that there's been just one. I mean, my life and my career has been marked with all sorts of challenging things. Um, one thing, you know, I, I shared going out on my own um, business-wise. I mean, that was a big, uh, not, I guess that wasn't a, that was a challenge. It was a challenging thing to start my business. It's a challenging thing to stay in business, you yes. know, especially, especially now. Um, you know, I think for me, there's that ongoing challenge of trying to stay in business and, and pivot. For me, I'm still trying to realign my business in a way that speaks to my skills and gifts to the world and how can I, you know, best use those. Um, but on a personal level, I had, uh, my husband had cancer, uh, four years ago and we were struggling also with infertility and, um, I went through IVF. And so I will say that period of time and in my life and our lives, um, was, was one of the hardest, um, that I've ever experienced. Um, there is nothing quite like, um, I mean, can't, I've experienced cancer before. My sister had cancer when I was a kid. So that wasn't a new journey, but going through that with my husband was hard. And then also the, uh, infertility journey was extremely difficult and going through IVF was extremely difficult. So I don't know that I can say, um, I don't know how I overcame it, uh, other than we <sighs> kept pushing through. through it. Yeah. 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 That's uh, you know, I think, I think, I think my mom always said the only way out is through and, oh, I love and that. She, she's right. I mean, and it feels when you are in the really dark, heavy, hard places that it will never end. And in some ways it feels that way right now, uh, during this pandemic, it feels like it will never end. So I think if anything that that experience is teaching me now that this won't last forever, 
there will be, uh, things will change, um, hopefully for the better, you know, um, but it is really hard to know that when you're stuck, uh, in the, in the middle of the hard stuff, when you're stuck in the yuck, so to speak. Stuck in the yuck. Wow. What a great phrase. Well, let me ask you this. So, um, that was very, very powerful. What you just said. I don't, I, I can't even imagine now I've had a lot of cancer in my family, but to go through that plus the IVF, how sad and how um, tough to pull yourself up each and every day and say, okay, let's try it again. Let's do a new, you know, let's have a new outlook on life today. Um, really tough, really tough. But I want to share something yeah. with you that someone shared with me when I went through what maybe was one of the greatest pains in my life. She said to me, when you're in it, stuck in the yuck, like you just said, she said, it seems like it's your entire story. It's your entire mm. book. But as time passes, it becomes a chapter in the book. And then it becomes a line in the table of contents. And then it just becomes something that is a part of the bigger story of your life. It's what made you who you are today. So that helped me a lot because when I was in it, I felt like this is how the rest of my life is going to be. And, oh, you know, I don't think I can do this. This is terrible. This is not, it's sustainable. It's just not. And it's hard when you're stuck in the yuck to realize there will be sunshine. There will be a new day. There will be change. I mean, if nothing, we know change is constant, correct? So. Right. How brave yeah, of you to share that. And, um, you know, how's your husband? I wanted to ask. Oh yeah. He's, he's great. I mean, we really, he, in the scheme of things he had cancer, but it was a, a stage one cancer. He only had to do two rounds of chemo and I say only and only, and, and it was in retrospect. I mean, I think your analogy from your friend of, of talking about it being a chapter is, is true. I mean, we really lucked out and that his, cancer was fairly easy to be dealt with. He is doing great now. He is, you know, four years cancer free. Yeah. Um, so all of those things are, are good at the time. Yeah. I feel you're, you're so right. It feels like your whole entire world, your whole entire story and that it will never change. And, um, thankfully, thankfully it has, he's better. We also have a uh, almost two and a half year old son oh, now. Yay. And so we, I, 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 I want to share that happy part of the story, but I, I do think being on the other side of that and for us, and, and granted, I know people who have gone through a similar journey to ours in, in terms of infertility and it has not resulted in, in um, a child as they had hoped. Right. And so I know in our case, however, it, I will say that going through everything that we did has made us far more grateful yeah. um, for, for the miracle of our son. Um, not that we wouldn't have been grateful for him had we not gone through that, but there is something so special and magical and miraculous about his existence in the world that we just marvel about it every single day. And wow, so there is so something, there is something beautiful in that. So I think sometimes we experience the lows so we can better appreciate the highs. Yes. And I think, I think that's definitely true in the story of our life. So I am not a religious person, but one person, not the same wise woman, but another wonderful wise woman said to me that God brings us through rough and deep waters, not to drown us, but to cleanse us. 
Mm, and at the time, yes. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? At the mm-hmm. time I was like, I am squeaky clean. I'm really <laughs> I'm done. Give me a break. But right. yeah, it's so remarkable that you can tell the story of your baby now. I'm so happy for you. Um, gosh, this is tear. You're bringing tears to my eyes. So let me just pivot a minute. Um, gather myself. <laughs> that was quite a story. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to bring on the waterworks. Yeah, it's usually my guests who tear up and have to get a tissue. But your story is amazing, and you're such a symbol of, you know, courage and fortitude. So thank you for that. Um, this is the part of the show where I reach into a box of 144 thoughtful questions. If you're game to play, we call it the wild card question. Um, sure. Yeah. Good. Look yeah. at you. There you go. This is for- this is being brave. I'm making <laughs> it brave. Give me the <laughs> give me the question. That's awesome. So uh, I was just thinking, she is so Brene Brown. All right. So I'm pulling out of this box of cards, and the question is: something you see in the world today that strengthens your faith in humanity? Huh. That's a tough question during this time. Oh my gosh. You know, I had one guest say, can you pull a new card? So no, 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 (laughs) no. So it's something I see in the world today that gives me hope and faith and humanity. Is that what what it was? Yeah. Faith in humanity. And and as a, as a person or I'm sorry, read it one more time and I'm I'm trying to gather my thoughts and I will answer. Sure. Something you see in the world today that strengthens your faith in humanity. Yeah, you're right. It is a hard thing, but I think also on the side of, on the flip side of hard things, you see miraculous things, you see brave work. And I think one of the brave things I'm seeing now is, especially as we have conversations in this country around systemic racism, those who are finding their voice and speaking out and waking up um, to the injustice in our country and in our world. I think people who are doing that work uh, give me a lot of hope. Now, granted, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of ugliness also. Um, But I think the flip side of that is you are seeing people, myself included, and not that I'm applauding myself, but I am someone who is waking up and paying more attention to these issues and trying to do the work um, for racial justice and people who are finding their voice and being brave enough to stand up and speak out give me hope that we will make change in our country, that we will make it more equitable for everyone as it should be. And I think the sad thing is, as a lot of us believed that we were past all of this, or maybe that we already did have an equitable system. And the sad reality is that we don't, we don't. You are so beautiful. So that speaks to my heart. I spend every waking moment in that fight for um, equity in the workplace and equality in the world. And I have resources out of the wazoo now about where we are, how we got to where we are, where we need to be, how we need to get there. Um, But not too many people have those resources and I am using my voice and I'm losing some so-called friends, Um, Mm. but I'm also making new friends. If you're open-minded and you want to learn about how we got to where we are, 
that the fact that we're not where we should be at all. Like you said, we thought we were, but we are so much work to do. We are so not where we need to be. Um, I'll share some of those resources with you, Laura, on an email after the I'd show. I love that. Um, but that was such a powerful answer. And folks, Laura did not know the question in advance. This is a new part of the show where, uh, but that was amazing. You gave thoughtful consideration to a really tough question, especially um, in this time in our, you know, lives and history. Wow. You're amazing. I'm so happy to have you in my circle now. And um, I want to share you with others. Yeah. So if I do want to share you with others and they want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Sure. I have two websites where you can uh, check out my work and and connect with me. Um, My Blue Kite website is flybluekite.com and make it brave is make it brave.com. And you can find contact forms on either of those websites and you can reach out to me there. And of course um, you can, you can see on both of those where you'll find me on social media as well. Very nice. My honor to have you on the show today. You're amazing. Well, thank you. And so are you. Thanks for having me. I'm just so thrilled to, to share the, the microphone with you today. You bet. We're going to have to give Katie a big thanks, big virtual hug. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Laura, stay amazing. Have a good day. Thank you, everybody.